So Money Episode 91, Ask Farnoosh. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome back to So Money, everyone. Happy Sunday. What are you up to today? I'm in sunny Florida. I'm down here visiting my in-laws. They are hanging out at this really cool retirement village called The Villages. Anyone heard of this? It's pretty awesome. It's like tons and tons of nice grandparents and um, great restaurants. This is like, has its own zip code, this place. There's like I don't know, hundreds of thousands of people. Um, it's really kind of uh, surreal, actually, to think about like this destination in this country that has like so many um, retirees. But it's kind of nice, and people here clearly did plan for their retirement well. Um, they're in the minority, perhaps. <laughs> But it is nice to be down here, if nothing else, just to soak up the sun and uh, spending some time with you guys on a Sunday, sharing some of the questions that have been coming through. Just a reminder, if you're joining the show for the first time and you're wondering, what's this Ask Farnoosh episode all about? Uh, I look forward to answering your questions that come through my website at somoneypodcast.com. You click on Ask Farnoosh and there you can ask away and it comes right into my inbox. And here we are, starting with Jackie. Jackie says, my parents are in their early 50s and they're looking for um, purchasing a home for the second time. Are you ever too old to purchase a home? Hmm. Well, here in the villages, people have bought many of their homes, people in their 60s and 70s, but it is affordable. And I think that is really the takeaway here is that I don't think these people are mortgaging these homes here. They are using their pensions and their retirement money to buy something that is um, very, very affordable for them. You know, $200,000 house, a $250,000 house. Some of these houses are millions of dollars, but, you know, everybody's got their own budget. But I think uh, it's, it's, it's not that it's ever too late to buy a home, but I think you don't want to have a mortgage in your retirement. That would stink. You know, you don't want to be paying that big bill every month. Uh, and, and actually, funny enough, my parents are going through this as well, This the consideration of buying a new home. They have a home that they currently own and that they have a mortgage uh, attached to, and they're thinking of paying off that mortgage with an inheritance and perhaps buying a new home with cash. Um you know, and my whole thing is like, look, if you can afford this comfortably, in other words, you can buy a home with cash and you've got tons left over to afford your entire retirement, which might be 25, 30 years, remember, uh, plus have money left over to afford some surprise costs like health insurance and any kind of, you know, care that you might need in the future. You know, I hear a lot of times people my age or a little bit older saying that they're spending out of their own pocket thousands and thousands of dollars a month to pay for their parents' health care or assisted living. And so this is something that I think a lot of retirees or those approaching retirement need to think very carefully about. It's like, you know, I might have enough money to pay my bills and buy food and travel, but have you thought about, you know, what you may need to set aside for your own health and for your own care in, in the older years? So all this to say that a home is a big purchase. And if this is going to take a huge bite out of your savings, then you may be better off renting. Um, so if you're going to buy that home, make sure that it is 
that it is doable, that maybe you're going to have to downsize a lot. And actually, when you're a retiree, you should downsize. You don't want to be surrounded by tons of stuff and furniture and three-car garage and a huge lawn. Like, you want to enjoy your life at this point and not have all that tying you down. Are you listening, mom and dad? I hope so. Okay, Jackie, hope that answered your question. Nico writes and says, lots of finance experts suggest index funds or high dividend stocks. A lot of the stocks are in oil, mining, or have an environmental or social impact. Is there an expert whom you can interview on ethical investments? Uh, well, I will look into this, Nico. There are a few people who have written in interested in ethical investing. So perhaps that's telling me we should get an episode together with an expert on this particular subject. I'm actually interviewing my financial planner on Ask on So Money in the coming weeks. So maybe this is a question that I'll reserve for her and she has some experience with this. So thanks for that suggestion. I will, um, I will think about it. I will consider it seriously. Rachel says, hey, Farnoosh, I thoroughly enjoy your podcast and I've incorporated it into my early morning routine. Well, it's nice to hear you're a morning person because I am not. And I publish this podcast at 3 a.m. just for those early words. Um, I'm probably asleep when this podcast airs for the first time every day. But um, it's nice to know that it is getting uh, listened to at that wee hour. So thank you, Rachel. She says, I don't have a question at this time, but I have a list of potential guests I'd like to hear from. And she lists Alexa Von Tobel, the fabulous founder and CEO of, of LearnVest, which just got sold for a reported $250 million to Northwestern Mutual. Holla! Way to go, Alexa. Yeah, I'd love to interview Alexa. She's fabulous. She's brilliant. Um, Katrina Lake, she's the CEO of Stitch Fix. Yeah, I don't know Katrina, but I do know of Stitch Fix. It's this great site for ladies out there who hate to shop, which I don't know how many of us out there are like that. But essentially, um, even if you like to shop, this is a cool t- this is a cool service. Basically, there's like a virtual uh, fashion. From what I understand, it's like you go on the site, you type in all of your measurements, your style, what you're looking for. I'm looking for a dress. I'm looking for pants. I'm looking for work clothes. And the website like basically curates a box of clothes for you based on all of your uh, suggestions. And then it arrives at your home. You try the clothes on. If you like it, you keep what you like. You send back what you don't and it's free shipping both ways. So that's pretty cool. And there's a site like this for guys too called Trunk Club. I have actually talked to the CEO and not on the show, but in my work. And he's great. He's brilliant. He's, he was one of the co-founders of Bonobos. And so there, you know, I think what these sites are getting at is that we're busy. Even if we enjoy shopping, we just don't have the time or we kind of want to get maybe a second opinion on fashion because we like to shop, but we don't know what to get. <laughs> you know, it's like my husband, he's like, he doesn't mind shopping, but he doesn't like just having to deal with trying on jeans and figuring out whether to get the, you know, the dark wash jeans or the plain jeans, you know, so just have someone else figure it out for him. Oh, and a couple other suggestions from, for guests from Rachel. She says, Megan Keene, author and founder of A Practical Wedding, and Andrew Hollum, who is, I guess, the author or founder of Millionaire Teacher. All right, so those are great suggestions, Rachel. I'll add them to the list and I'll let my booker know to reach out. Rebecca says, my boyfriend and I have been in a relationship for two and a half years and we're starting to plan more seriously for our future together and the financial goals that come with it, like buying a house and paying for our wedding. We wonder what is the best way to save for these goals? Should we open a shared savings account? What do you recommend? I guess you do plan to get married because you're saying you want to pay for your wedding. Um, you know, 
my husband and I, we didn't merge our finances until we got married and we did it pretty much the first week we were married. We went over to the bank and opened up a joint bank account, mainly because we wanted to deposit all of our checks from the wedding uh, into one place that we could both access. And so that account has now um, transitioned into an account where we use for joint goals, whether it's to pay for our future home or, uh, you know, child expenses, things like that. So it's great to have a joint account. I think all married couples should have a joint account as well as your own individual accounts. So if you anticipate getting married soon, you could do this to the run-up of your wedding or right after you get married, totally fine. As far as affording these expenses together, like the wedding, I would say you want to maybe just chart it out, map it out, and um, write it out. You know, what are the expenses? What do you want to cover? What can he cover? Are you going to split everything down the line? If you have disparate incomes, maybe it's that one person shoulders some of the heavier costs while the other person takes care of the smaller costs, but more of the managing. So you got to kind of just figure out on your own. You don't need to share accounts to do this. It's really just a matter of being transparent, honest, and communicative uh, about what your plan is and how things are going to get paid for. Although that said... Um, I do want to give some advice now to people on the podcast who are not married, don't plan to get married, but want to still have a financial life shared with somebody else because you're, you know, living together and you're life partners and, you know, marriage is not uh, something that everyone's doing these days in case you haven't noticed. It's just, uh, it's losing its luster a little bit. Uh, plenty of people are getting married, but, you know, I think um, especially among millennials, this is not something they're diving into. They might be living with someone for several years before going down the aisle. So I would say if this is you and you, maybe you have plans to get married, but nothing firm yet, but you were living together and you're sharing in on some costs, it's really important that you consider crafting a relationship agreement. So uh, this is an agreement where you basically lay out who will manage and pay for certain expenses and how that's going to be paid for. Everything from housing to food, childcare, utilities, who owns what, and are you each responsible for your own credit cards? You can make these agreements on your own or you can go online. There's a lot of do-it-yourself legal sites like Rocket Lawyer or LegalZoom where you can do this. Now, if you're going to go in on a home together with someone that you're not married to, you know, the reason I say this all is because when you're married and you merge financial accounts and financial assets, uh, marriage offers some legal and financial protections that living together, simply living together does not. So this is why I bring this up and I want everyone to take notes of this if you are planning to just live with someone and not get married. So craft a relationship agreement, one. And then just finally, if you're going to own a home together, Unmarried couples want to pay very close attention to how they set up that joint property. So putting it in one person's name means that the owner can sell the home at any time without consideration for the other person's wishes and without sharing the proceeds, even if the silent partner helped with the down payment and the mortgage payments. Also, if the title holder passes away, the house isn't automatically going to go to the, the other partner without it being uh, mentioned in the will. On the other hand, if one partner pays for the home, but both of you are on the title, the proceeds will be given to the record owners of the property, so presumably both of you. But if you're the only one paying the mortgage and you're both on the deed, are you going to be okay with having your partner get half of the home if you sell it, half of the proceeds? 
couple of the things that couples want to remember uh, to hash out if they're not going to get married but still own a home together. Who's going to pay for and claim certain tax-deductible expenses that come with being a homeowner, like the mortgage interest and the property taxes? And since you can't file your taxes jointly if you're not married, only one of you can claim those, those deductions. You know, experts have told me that because uh, this can mean some really good savings, it may make sense for the partner in the higher tax bracket to pay those expenses that are deductible because it's a bigger savings. All right, that was more than you were asking me for, but basically I would say don't rush to join accounts. Really, it's more about being open and communicative, drawing out your plans and sticking to them. And then as you get closer to getting married or once you are married, getting a joint account and funneling an equal percentage of each of your incomes into that joint account that will be able to cover all the expenses that you have agreed upon that you will share, that you will share whether it's the mortgage, the rent, the car payment, the food, all of that. Okie dokie. All right, congrats, and I hope you uh, have a very successful engagement and marriage, and let me know how things go. So this is a short, short episode of Ask Farnoosh today. It's Sunday. Let's get back out into the real world, okay? And I'd like to get back to the Florida sun. Thank you so much for tuning in. As a reminder, if you'd like to win a free 15-minute money session with me, every week I select one new iTunes review, and that reviewer gets that 15-minute session. So if you want to win the chance to talk to me one-on-one about your financial issues or career thoughts, please leave a review, and hopefully we will connect. Thanks, everyone. Have a wonderful rest of your weekend. See you back here tomorrow. In the meantime, I hope your day is so money.